Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Warner Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, welcome to the George Warner Jr. Show. Another, <laughs> another one on the board. Yeah, and it's been fun, folks. It's been fun. Welcome. 
to the George Wilder Jr. Show broadcast, George Wilder Jr. Show. Um, broadcasting live. We're live, yeah. It's not podcasted as of yet, but it will be. And I, whether live or podcast or, or whatever you want to call them, uh, you know, they're, they're all good. All right. Um, yeah, it's more. Uh, we got more junk in the news. So we, we're going to be mentioning some of those things. But anyway, that's, let's talk about this weather. It is cold, but uh, I hope you and everyone else that you love and you care about some someplace warm, safe, <clears throat> and comfortable. As you listen to the George Wilder Jr. show, and make sure you tell everybody you know about the show because the show is growing in popularity. I'd have to say that I, I've had people say um, to me, "How could they be a radio show host?" Uh, and I, I, I and they're asking me about my success. I don't know if it's success or not. I, all I know is that uh, I enjoy doing it, and I will continue to do it as long as I can. You know, uh, I, I'm doing everything. So, And there's people who ask me, how do you become a radio show host? Well, for one thing, you have to know that you can do it. You have to uh, – sometimes you need, to, you need other people around you that's going to say, hey, wow, you should do this. You should do that. You should do this, especially if people feel that you have a talent for it. I mean, it's a zillion people out there. And I don't mean no harm by saying this, but they just don't have the talent to be a radio show host. Maybe I don't have the talent to be a radio show host. But, you know, it, all it takes is the gift of gab. That's it. I mean, if you can talk your ass off, you know, <laughs> this is probably for you. You know, if you like to talk, if you like to talk with people, uh, find a niche that uh, you that you're into, that everybody else is into, so you can talk about it. My niche is... Uh, books. I'm a writer, and I have writers on the show. I have uh, interviewing people on the show, but this show is not pr- primarily for writers. I mean, it's about anything you want to talk about. I mean, a lot of people come on the show talking about relationships and stuff like that, and I feel that they are experts in their field, and you know, maybe they can give me some advice <laughs> on relationships, and we can all share that as one. So. You know, I mean, if you want to get into being a disc jockey or a radio show host or a talk show host or TV, you have to know that you have the talent to do something like this. You, I mean, if you if you don't think that you can do a, a radio show or a television show or a talk show format or you can't be a moderator or something, then you probably can't be those things because a lot of people talk themselves out of greatness. That talk themselves out of a superb career. Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. And I've told you, just like I've told folks in my family, never say what you can't do. Because if you're saying, if you're constantly saying what you can't do, then you can't do it because you've just talked yourself out of it. You talk yourself out of doing something that you may be really good at. You talk yourself out of something that you may really be good at. I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, don't ever say what you Figure out what you can do. Figure out what you want to do and go for it. I mean, if you want to write a book, write a book. I mean, if you want to be a talk show host or a radio show, 
then be a talk show host. If you want to open up a pizza shop, open up a pizza shop. If you want to open up a salon or boutique or whatever, open it up. But if you talk yourself out of those things, uh, I can't do that. I don't have the money. How am I going to do something like that? I don't have money. Then you've just talked yourself out of it, you know, because you don't always have to have money to do everything. And if it's a surefire uh, uh, hit, I mean, you can find you can find supporters, you can find investors, you can take out bank loans, business loans, you know. Uh, so don't ever talk yourself out of being anything. Just because you don't have a cent doesn't mean you can't go over here and start a boutique or a pizza or a pizza uh, a restaurant or something or anything that you want to start, you know, anything that you think you can do. Because I always, I have always been a believer that people can be anything that they want to be. But a lot of people talk themselves out of being uh, what they want to be because they're telling themselves that they can't do it or they surround themselves with people who also are telling them that they can't do it. And that's another thing you have to do. You have to get rid of the negative voices around you. Uh, I've talked to so many people on Facebook on, on, and on the show saying that um, the reason why they didn't make it in their lives because there was too many negative people around them around them telling them what they could not do or there was people around them try, uh, people around them trying to pr- prevent them from being the great as great as they could be yeah, you have to get rid of the people around you you have to get rid of the negative voices you got to get rid of the people who are trying to hurt you or trying to um, make you look bad or because they feel that you may, that they feel that you're trying to make something out of yourself. People are like that. Some people, not all people, but some people are like that. They come after you if they feel that you're trying to do something with your life. They, they, they'll come after you in negative ways that they feel that you're trying to better yourself. They're going to try to stop that. They're going to try to stop you from bettering yourself. You know, you just have to get away from those kinds of people, even if they're, the, even if these people are in your family. You know, there's been so many people, there have been so many big families where the oldest person makes it in life and then someone in the family gets jealous and then they go after the person who is successful just because they're not successful. This kind of thing happens. So, and the only way to identify this kind of thing is you know who they are, you know what they've done. You know that they've tried to... uh, 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 say negative things about you to everybody that you know because they don't want no one uh, trying to help you putting your, to put your best foot forward. You've got to get rid of those kinds of folks. They're out there. And try to surround yourself with positive people, people who's going to help push your career, people who's going to say, hey, wow, you can do it. You can make it. Keep going. Keep going. You don't need anybody, <laughs> anybody near you that's going to throw you out of the house because they feel that you might make something out of yourself. You don't need that. You don't need people who are going to belittle you because you want to uh, do something with your life. You know? and, uh, and I would probably say um, do not join these churches and some of these cults. Um, a lot of these churches, I know a lot of people are going to say, hey, George, you're wrong on that. A lot of these churches, a lot of these cults and these religious institutions, they are nothing but controlling. 
Why would you join a cult? That's what some people call them. These churches, these religious organizations. Why would you join some of these 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 cults? What are they basically? What they're doing? They're controlling your life, telling you who to talk to, telling you who not to talk to, telling you you who to visit and not to visit, telling you to sit when you want to stand, and then then at the same time asking you for donation, wanting your money. I bet if you're losing your home, I bet you can't even. <laughs> I bet you can't even. Uh, um, contact these religious organizations for help because they want you to give them. And that's one of the things I could never get get next to in some of these religions. Nobody's going to tell the George what to do, tell me what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and when not to do it, who to talk to, who not to talk to, where to go, how to dress, how to speak, how to walk. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And you got so many people that are part of these kinds of religious organizations or cults, and they're just fine with it. You know, so, and the majority of these folks that are going to some of these churches, I mean, these mega churches, and you've got a lot of Christians, you know, a lot of these evangelical Christians who are Trump supporters. You know, and they're saying Trump is God. You know, I mean, he he was sent by Jesus. <laughs> uh, that's enough to make me want to stay away from these kinds of people. You know, uh, there is so much hate out here. There is so much hate. I mean, there's even hate for people who who want to make something out of themselves. People will hate you for that, for want, wanting to be something, for wanting to uh, break away from your existence and uh, make something out of your life. People will hate you for that. Some people, not all people, okay? Um, they will. I mean, people are just, they don't want to see you get anywhere. But uh, check this out. However, if you wind, if you end up, if you end up being successful without those folks uh, whispering in your ear that you can't make it, if you wind up, if you end up, I want to say if you wind up, it doesn't matter. If you end up successful without any help from anybody, oh, they're going to come after you now. They're going to come after you and, and pretend like they were always in your corner, you know, pretend like they were just hoping for you to make it. And they're going to want you to give them a job or whatever or make them a part of it. And, and, and you're going to turn around and say, no. No way. The bottom line is find out, and, and you've probably heard this before, find a need out here and fill it. That's all you have to do. Find a need and fill it. It's just that simple. But I know there's there's people out here, well, I ain't got no money. I don't have no money. I, I just, I, I work every day. I have to pay bills. After that, I ain't got no money. That can be a problem. Uh, as I said before, you really don't need money if you have a really, really good ideas about how to be a great entrepreneur. If you have really great ideas, you don't need a cent. All you got to do is convince the banking or a lending institution that 
the ideas that you have for your business will work. It will make money. I mean, if you can uh, convince a, lend a lending institution of those things, there's no way you can lose. You know, if you can convince them that you can make a lot of money, because if they're going to give you a loan, they want to know that they can get their money back. You know, they don't want to have to write this off as a bad debt or anything. It, you know, these lending institutions, if they're going to loan you some money to start up your own business, they want to make sure that they're going to get paid back. All right, you've been listening to the uh, George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, it's 6.17 in Chicago. Uh, surprises and commentary on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Always trying to make the world a better place. It's going to be a great place once Donald Trump is uh, impeached or whatever. Or, anyway, uh, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Uh, hate has no home here. Lies have no home here. Uh, watch the little things. A small leak will sink a large ship. Standing up is a lot better than sitting down. I found that out when I started playing guitar. <laughs> when I started, when I actually started back playing guitar, let me put it that way. I found out that I like playing standing up than sitting down. A lot of people prefer sitting down when they play the guitar, but I like to stand up. I think it's more. I think I get more out of it. It's a good feeling when you're standing up playing a guitar and the people are out there in the audience watching you, then the sitting down. Uh, I, I'm not criticizing anybody who sits down and plays an instrument, you know, because some people can't stand up because of physical, physical impairment or something like that. But anyway, I like to stand up, but I do play sitting down. But um, generally speaking, and in life itself, it's better to stand than to sit down. It's better to stand, you know, in in this Trump era and the 2018, it is better to stand in the sit because if you're sitting, people are going to people may just think that you're a follower, and uh, they can just you know, um, uh, do all kinds of things. Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio, and uh, it's great to be with you. Believe me, it's great to be with you. Wow, after eight hours, Nancy Pelosi ends her marathon speech in, in the House of Representatives, on, I, I'm assuming on Capitol Hill. Uh, she talked for eight hours. I didn't know she had it in her. And she's 77, 78 years old. And she's standing up on her feet for 
eight hours. Wow. That's something. I got to give it to her. And basically, she was talking about the Dreamers, DACA, Republicans turning their backs on these kids. And that's what it is. That's what it is. And she, and they, I'm here, they, they passed a two year, the House Republicans passed a two year funding bill without any DACA provisions or any DACA protections. And she feels that these kids will be uh, deported next month when this, um, when their time runs out, because there will be nothing, there will be nothing signed and nothing voted on. Democrats cannot trust the Republicans. They cannot do it. You know, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Nancy Pelosi ends her marathon speech. I mean, I think it just happened moments ago, right? Just moments ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of school closing. I'm, I, I know that there are schools closing um, in Illinois, but probably around America because of this flu epidemic. Wow, schools are closing. <laughs> My son's school is open, thank goodness. Uh, but I always worry that he'll probably bring, bring back the flu that he caught from someone else and give it to everybody else around him. And I worry about that. And that hasn't happened yet, I don't think. But anyway, school closing... Uh, because of the flu, doctor's visits are soaring. People are all over the doctor's offices, clinics, clinics, hospitals, you name it, medical facilities, uh, and people are dying from the flu. I'm pretty sure you've heard that. And that's something. I've never heard this many people dying from the flu before. And a lot of these people who are dying from the flu failed to get the flu shot. And some people have a multi- uh, a lot of a lot of reasons for not getting a flu shot. I guess they're gonna rethink that next time. You know, uh, a flu shot is not going to uh, uh, kill you. It's gonna save your life, no matter who you are. There's a lot of people who are, as I was just alluding to, a lot of the religions, the people who are part of religions, they don't believe in. Um, flu shot. I'm, I'm hoping they rethink this now. As I've said before, I don't believe in any uh, religion. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do it because I think they're all, um, I think they're all in cahoots. I think they're all conning their, their uh, members, you know, because we're the ones who have to write the paychecks, you know. So I, I just think they're all conning people. They're trying to run people's lives control people's the people lives and people are letting them <laughs> that's the thing Tom Cruise said he's quitting Scientology he said he's had enough uh, he doesn't want to be controlled he doesn't want to be uh, uh, told what to do and not to do and then they ask him for a big pay for for a large amount in donations and I think a lot of people should uh, quit some of these cults that disguise themselves as religions just so they can control and manipulate the members you shouldn't not one american should allow uh some religion or some cult to control their lives tell them what to do when to do it who to talk to who not to talk to what to say where to go this is crazy 
This is just crazy to let these people control your life. You, when you letting organizations like this control your life, you're not a leader. You're a follower. You're not a leader. You're a follower. And then if you do something, <laughs> and then if you do something they don't like, they're either gonna punish you or, 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 uh, yeah, they're gonna punish you some kind of way. Because you you talked to somebody that they didn't want you to talk to, or you met with somebody that they didn't want you to meet, or you said something that they didn't like. So now they you're suspended or you you're punished, or you out of fellowship as some people call this crap. This is nutty. This is crazy. All right, you've been listening to the George Wanda Jr. Show. It's six twenty-five, and we're going to yeah, um, we're going to do this. Uh, as I said before, folks, this is Black History Month, and I always want to honor Dr. Martin Luther King. And we're going to do a little snippet of what I believe is his last speech, because I think around nineteen sixty-eight that he was in Chicago marching for, uh, I think, the uh, sanitation folks he was marching. And he um, he gave a speech, but I just want to play a little snippet of it because it's Black History Month. You know, I think Black History Month is just waning out. I don't think anybody really uh, celebrates or care about it as much as they ha- have has done in the past. I just think it's just um, not it doesn't have that much of a meaning anymore. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, anyway, I'm going to do this little bit on Martin Luther King. All we say to America is be true to what you said on paper. If I lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country, Maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over that. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. And so just as I say we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around, we aren't going to let any injunction turn us around. what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live 
A long life, longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Found you guilty. Ten years. 
Come on, come on, get in that cell, nigga. God, no. talking about that shocking phone call from the new guy to a fallen soldier's widow and joining us live right now is the florida congresswoman who witnessed the call please welcome congresswoman frederica wilson hey welcome back um so the breaking news that just came out uh donald trump made more comments. Uh, he rejected the bipartisan immigration uh, reform that was supposed to be popping. Mm -hmm. Remember I covered that one? Yeah. And we thought there was going to be some. Well, we knew. <laughs> it wasn't going to be nothing. However, because according to the Washington Post, I'm just going to read it straight from here. It says, President Trump grew frustrated with lawmakers Thursday in the Oval Office when they floated restoring protections for immigrants uh, from Haiti, El Salvador, and African countries uh, as part of a bipartisan immigration deal. And according to two people briefed on the meeting, this dude said, because <laughs> I'm going to say dude, what I really want to say is something else, but he said, why are we having all these people from, from shithole countries come here okay i repeat he said why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here and this is according to the people who were in the meeting he was referring to african countries and he was referring to haiti he then suggested that united states listen listen he then suggested that united states should bring more people from countries like norway whose prime minister he met yesterday so essentially this um, trash, of a, trash of a president 
uh, that America has, that we have here in America, wants to always disrespect and constantly come for these black and brown countries. He was referring to African countries. He was referring to Haiti when he made this statement, calling a country that my parents come from, my my people come from, then my forefathers up in Africa, this beautiful country. Okay, these beautiful countries. He, this, this continent um, of beautiful black people, black and brown people, he wants to constantly come and disrespect them, calling them shitholes. Let me tell you something. The only shithole that I I see is the the place that we are living in now, the one that he's running. That's mm-hmm. America, okay? The people that come from those countries that he keeps on trying to attack are people, great people, great yeah. damn people who come here to this shithole of a country called America and work, fuck, they work, <laughs> my bad, my bad. No, they work don't apologize. six damn jobs. They do more than your whole family probably has ever done. done. But you want to bring in people who look like you, white folks, white immigrants, so that they can benefit with their their white privilege here in this country. Now that's some BS. Because my parents, Haitian immigrants, my whole entire family, has come here and has done the best that they could, have paid their taxes, has contributed to your damn society, your community. Has built freaking communities on top of communities. Speaking English has worked hard to speak English, okay? Get these damn jobs, and you want to keep trying these Africans and these Haitians? You got the wrong people, Donald Trump. You got the wrong people. And I told you before, let your little... Your little comments and things like that. Let your little um, Trump supporters come at any one of us. They gonna catch these hands. Turn on your location. I, I'm turning your location. I'm sick and I'm tired of Donald Trump and these people. All of you guys. I remember last time I covered um, him saying this BS, and you guys were like, a lot of um, people under the comment section were saying, "Well, that's um, that's hearsay. He probably didn't say it, y'all." You know, get enough damn is well. Enough. We're gonna keep on getting reports like this. When are you guys gonna open your eyes and realize that this is your president? He's racist as hell. He's he only. Wants Wants people who look like him, who have money in it in their pockets, to uh, uh, take over America. He wants to gentrify America, make it all white again, right? It never was white, okay? We are the ones who built this, okay? Donald Trump, put some respect on the black folks, put some respect on these Africans, and stop coming for my Haitians. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. And on top of that, stop coming for the Middle Eastern people. And on top of that, leave the Latino Latino community alone. Let us be. We over here, we ain't causing no problems. We're building your damn society. Okay? Enough is enough. Sorry, y'all. No, don't apologize. Don't apologize at all because, you know, people, I remember one of the first things I ever did in, in media was uh, Obama. about racism. Uh, it was kind of a parody. And the, the honest truth of the, the title was, if you don't see it, you just don't want to. That's the bottom line. It's like this could be staring. This is staring them literally in the face. Donald Trump um, says these things over and over and over again. He does things over and over and over again. And you know what? <laughs> This is beyond just who he is. This is 
who he is and also who he wants to be and who he wants to attract. The problem about what he said today is that you're going to have people who co-sign this. That's you're going to have people who explain it, or explain it away. You're going to have some conservatives who don't believe it. You're going to have the other ones who embrace it. And then you're going to have those who are going to try and go out there and explain and see, look at the poverty did, level did here get, in uh, Haiti. Look at the poverty level ID? here. You, but they won't go any back further. It's amazing. People who want to hang on to the past and the heritage of the Civil War and all that, they don't want to go any know. further back to colonialization, right? The colonial area where they pl pilfered and plundered uh, Haiti. No, they didn't. took all the wealth they still, they're still in Africa down right there now. And they're still in Africa right now, taking the wealth you from Africa. On, Tech companies all across this world are in Africa. China is Africa. Russia's in Africa. America's in Africa. The reason we have troops in Africa right now is so that we can maintain this neocolonialism where we don't, you know, we don't have to control your government. Just let us control your wealth. And if you want to know why, if let's say if these countries were shitholes, they're shitholes because America has raped these countries. Western civilization has raped these countries for hundreds of years. How do you rape a country for hundreds of years, take all of their wealth, and then turn around and be surprised like, I, I just don't understand why you're so impoverished. These are the same people. These Americans will go over to uh, like Haiti and uh, go to these people and try to put in their mind that you guys don't, you know, you don't need this land, this beautiful land you have. I'll give it to you for $1,000. Exactly. Knowing that they need this money after raping, uh, raping these people, these lands, what they'll do is go and say, I'll give you $1,000 for this, this land. And um, just, it's, it's like a whole Christopher Columbus situation. Uh, go over there, lie to these people, uh, take their land, and then build on top of it because they know how precious the resources are Underneath in it, yep. uh, in uh, Haiti and in Africa, in these uh, brown and black countries. You know how do you know, we come from these the places with these rich resources that they want. They go and build these resorts over there, uh, and then they try to separate it from the country. Labadie is in Haiti, where you guys go and resort. De Camaon is in Haiti, where they go and resort. But you never, they never attach a name Haiti to that. Those beaches belong, are, are in Haiti, those beautiful blue waters where everybody wants to go and take pictures. They want to go to Africa and ride on the animals and things like that. Um, it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful for Trump to constantly say that. What what comes of this is the people are going to believe this. They're going to sit here and, and, and look at us. I have a guy named William who was a black man in, in the comment section who uh, said, um, he sees how racist I am. You can kiss my black ass, okay? Because um, I'm definitely not racist, but I will attack anybody who's coming for people who are black and Middle Eastern. And even if you're white, I will. But I have no, here's the thing. Donald Trump will say all Middle Eastern people you are, are terrorists. That's why he made you the damn uh, Muslim ban. Okay? He doesn't want black and brown immigrants here. That's why he's taking people off TPS any other program that uh, helps these immigrants uh, to stay here. Um, he will go and uh, there's, there's so many, there's a long list of things that Donald Trump does to attack black and brown immigrants. And I'm sick and tired of it. I'm tired of talking about it, honestly. Like, like you were just saying, the, uh, America goes and rapes these countries, these continents these people tries to take from us, yeah. uh, acts like they're going to help, right? Yeah. But they take in the yeah. middle of that and leave these countries uh, with thinking that they have nothing. 
Um, and that that's where the, the, the problem yeah. is. Yeah. That's why I always say what to uh, my parents, you know, when uh, we go visit to Haiti, my, my oldest brother, we go back to Haiti or thing like, things like that. When he goes back and he goes back to my family, when we go back, we always talk about how we want to build over there because there's no sense of continuously taking the kids and bringing them here, okay, giving them education, which is great. But I want them to go back home too to know that they have land, we have resources, and it's only for us to come and continuously build over there. Stop letting these Americans and people like Donald Trump come and still our resources and um, put their name on it and say it's it there. It doesn't belong to you. Yeah. Okay? I'm trying so hard to find a tweet by uh, this phenomenal woman on Twitter who tweeted um, the reason they called it third world countries uh, is because if you call it um, nations that have suffered rape and pillaging uh, uh, colonial powers over the last 400 years doesn't sound as good. But that's exactly what it is. These third world developing countries are developing because for generations they have been raped. Uh, take, for instance, the Congo, right? I, this, this is, if you know this already, you know where I'm going. If you haven't heard this before, this is about a million you uh, the ore and minimal mineral reserves that exist underneath the cargo seven trillion dollars worth american dollars worth of ore and mineral wealth in, in the congo but the congo is one of the most destabilized nations in the entire continent of africa the congo has, is a failed state it is run by uh warlords and the reason it's run by warlords is because governments have particular warlords that they prop up and create a destabilized environment where there can't be a single authority there can't be a governing authority that could secure that wealth for that nation. So what the, these the nations question. have done historically, and they're doing it now. I'm not talking about something that happened in the past. I'm not talking about something that happened when the uh, when the, the United Kingdom was uh, the sun never set on 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 London or the United Kingdom or whatever it was called at the time. Uh, the sun never set on the king on the Queen's Kingdom. That's what the phrase, right? I'm not talking about then. I'm talking about right now. Seven trillion dollars worth of wealth that exists underneath the Congo, and the country cannot benefit from it because it is constantly being destabilized by outside powers. Not Why? Because else. they don't want to have to go through a legitimate government and pay that government royalties and, and, and pay them for their wealth. They don't want to just be able to get it from a warlord who's going to give it to them on the low mm -hmm. or give them access to it for nothing more than guns and weapons. So this is the game that people like Donald Trump have done throughout, throughout world history for hundreds and hundreds of years. And now this this uh, this trouble still skin, this, this fuckface face clown stick of a president that has learned to say that these countries are shitholes. They're shitholes because people like you went there and had you never gone there and people like you had never gone there, they would be the dominating power in this world. But they knew that. And that's why they went there to rape those countries. And they're still there raping those countries today. Like I said, if any of you I know Nigerian people. Because I have a lot of, I'm the one who has to pay for it. Friends, if, I have a lot of yes, Hispanic friends. Um, and a lot of us have this conversation every day about. The whole aspect of Donald Trump's comments about black and brown immigrants, even um, people from the Middle East or people who look like they're from the Middle East, um, who are called terrorists and we're called poor and mm -hmm. we're called all kinds of things. Um, but we're royalty. 
okay? Mm. And you can't take that away from us. You come to our lands, our countries, you know, our continents to take our resources, you know? A lot of times uh, you just want to be us. Uh, Donald mm. Trump, you can't, you can't. You don't, that's why he's you jealous. know. He's so jealous of Obama. That's, like that's his, it. That's his number one. He's... Because, you know, because Obama's fresh. And not because Obama's black. He's just jealous because Obama's a black man who came up. Um, Donald Trump and people like him don't want to see black countries rise or black people rise. They want to keep us in the system. They want Where's to keep us in these uh, stereotypes. So he, he creates them. And Where's it's his supporters. Own? They follow that. And any one of them... Hmm. Any one of them Republicans that are in his uh, uh, administration or who work beside him, who hear him say this and don't say shit about it, we hmm. on your ass too. All of you guys. Enough is enough, and I'm tired of talking about this. And what we're going to have to do is show and tell. Like I, like I said, it. don't be trying to come Never, over here and continuously give hand. people like Donald that Trump your business. Go back to Haiti and build there. Start building up these countries. Let them know that we ain't nothing to be messed with, especially Haiti. Listen, the, the first independent black country, we got that. Okay, we did that, and we're still suffering because of it. Because they won't let us be great. Okay, but enough is enough, Donald Trump. We are one of the strongest people. I'm talking about people of color. Okay, all across the board. They don't have to look like you. They ain't gotta come from Russia. They ain't gotta come from New Zealand. Wherever he's at, hit on that. Yeah, I am. I'm about to hit on that in a few minutes. Okay, enough is enough. That's how much. That's how much this happens. That's how much this happens. You have you. We literally have. Story about how Rebecca's getting ready to report on the story about how uh, Russian immigrants are doing that. things that they look at Haitian immigrants for and call and Mexican immigrants for and yes. call you anchor babies. But we'll, when we come and back, we'll cover uh, not only that, we're going to cover a lot more when we get back after this short break. Pissed. That's what I am. But see, Jimmy, you can't think. You let them take it because you think they know. You know. They're not supposed to have that other card. That card is yours. I paid for that other card just like I paid for this one. Yeah, I'm paying for this one. Yeah, I just I just got through paying for this today. I didn't even know I was supposed to pay for it because you didn't tell me. And then you give them your other card and you don't tell me. But you talk to them, but you don't talk to me. If I if I don't know that you're gonna buy another card, another another ID, you I you wouldn't have, you still have that other one. That's yours. That's not them. That doesn't belong to the school. It belongs to basically Denver. These cards belong to CTA. These cards are CTA. All right, I gotta go. All right, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We had a little bit of. <laughs> a little bit of uh, air in there. Sorry about that. As you probably heard I was in deep discussion. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be American. Some of those rights are being threatened taken away, but well, we have to get out here and fight the good fight. 
you know, and it has to be done, folks. It has to be in a non-violent way. We know how to do things non-violently. So let's go out and make our voices heard, fighting non-violently. All right, Nancy Pelosi holds the floor for more than eight hours to demand immigration. Wow, you expect the Republicans to keep a promise? It ain't going to happen. Democrats say she won't support a budget deal until the House Speaker commits to holding a vote for the Dreamers. Now, the uh, Republicans are going to accuse the Democrats of holding up a spending bill. I think this this um, dreamer thing, uh, if, if it has to do with anything uh, with Republicans, it's going to fall through. It's going to fall through. And I admire Nancy Pelosi for getting that much attention. House Minority Leader, she's a minority leader, not a majority leader, you know, because they don't control anything. Uh, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, she's a Democrat of California, spoke on the House floor for more than eight hours. Adamantly, she would not support an emergency, uh, emerging uh, long-term budget deal unless House Speaker Paul Ryan commits to commits to allow a vote on legislation protecting young undocumented immigrants, such as. Such an announcement would be similar to the one um, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell made last month that helped reopen the government where the Republicans, where the Democrats caved in. They caved in. They caved in. You know, so Nancy decided that she wanted to showboat a little bit. Excuse me. Quoting her here. This is one of a quote. Quote, uh, if a dream act were brought to the it was passed immediately with a strong bipartisan support. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, kosher or true. He said in a speech on the floor, Republicans' moral cowardice must end. Oh, she called them cowards. I agree with that one. Without a commitment from Speaker Ryan, comparable to the commitment from leader Mitch McConnell, this package does not have any support. Yeah. So she's out there fighting for the dreamers. You know, most of Americans are fighting for the dreamers, but you have to put it in perspective. Um, The dreamers are, can't really put the country, hold the country hostage for a, bunch of people who I think are very nice, very, very upstanding, but they're, the bottom line, they're still illegals, period. And you can't put the country over um, people who are here illegal, I think, you know, I mean, if I had the choice, I would say, hey, wow, the dreamers can stay. Let me sign the bill here. Denigrate other parts of America um, to let some people stay here. that weren't born here. Hey, if, if 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 they can come up with a compromise, if they can come up with something to keep these young people here, uh, I'm all for it. But I don't don't 
shut the country down. Don't denigrate America. Don't um, put other Americans in, in peril, their lives in peril because, you know, the Republicans are assholes. I mean, give me a break. So she put on a show. I, I think it's just a show, eight-hour show. She's 77 years old, folks, 78 maybe, and uh, she stood for eight hours. That should be <laughs> that should be uh, uh, something for a lot of us to look up to. I mean, she, she's at her age and has just that much stamina. You know, so if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, and you're talking about your knees ache or whatever, you just remember Nancy Pelosi is 77 years old, and she stood for eight hours. She may need a wheelchair after that, but uh, she did it. She did it. And uh, and uh, I don't. I know the Democrats were listening. I can't say if the Republicans were, because I, I do think the Republicans think that the Democrats, they shut the Democrats out of everything, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's those things, I guess. All right, you've been listening to the George Wanda Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Um, follow me on Facebook. Follow me right here. I've, I've had, you know, I've had lots of followers on on this show, and and I've lost a lot of followers. You know, I mean, a lot of people they don't like your politics. They don't like the things you say. They don't. They don't. Uh, um, you know, they just can't get next to it, and then they get being picked. They click the unfriend button, but that's fine. That's good. That's okay. All right. Democrats need to hold firm on this. Do not give into Trump's wall. Save DACA. Time after time, Trump and the GOP promised something and then completely forgot about it. Forget about commitments they made. It's, it's not called commitments. It's called lies. We can't trust them. We can't. We can't trust the Republicans. I don't know why the Democrats try to do that. And I got a feeling they're she's they're trying to say she's trying to say she's not supporting this two-year uh, funding package package from the from the um, government to keep the uh, uh, keep the uh, country open because she wants something in there for the Dreamers. Yeah, and the Dreamers are out here protesting and demanding. That they stay, that they get something signed, and that they can stay, and the Democrats are fighting for them. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. We just have to see what works and what does not work with this uh, with this uh, Trump administration. Okay. All righty. Okay. We're at a. We could be heading toward another government shutdown. I'm um, hearing that the House did pass stopgap spending bill, but now it's up to the Senate. And then they're going to give it to uh, Trump. Trump just Trump is just so eager to sign any kind of legislation because it says that he has won at something, gives him a victory. So he's eager to sign it. He, I'm pretty sure he's not reading signing. He just want to sign it and say, hey, wow, I won. I'm, I just keep on winning, folks. But anyway, government shutdown. Uh, they passed a stopgap spending bill for, for two years. For two years, but no protection for the Dreamers. And that's why we have Nancy 
Pelosi, but you know, it's it seems like it's on track to pass in the Senate also. And if this passes in the Senate, as I just got through saying, it goes straight to Donald Trump and he's gonna sign it with glee. Um and the dreamers will not be protected. Whether the Democrats support this two year package that the Republicans have passed in the House, and if it, and if it passes in the Senate and goes to Trump's desk and he signs it, it's over for the Dreamers. They don't have to start packing. I think I've heard some of them say that if they didn't get uh, 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 if they didn't get protections to stay in the United States, that they were going to leave themselves. They weren't going to wait for ICE, the uh, deportation police, to come pick them up. They were going to leave themselves. Go back to Mexico. You know, uh, these good people are going to leave themselves. And uh, that's sad. This is Trump screwing up, screwing around with America again. And then he's blaming Democrats. All right. Uh, been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Some more stuff here. Let's see what we got. 7 o'clock p.m. straight up in the, in the city of Chicago. Okay. One of Trump's aides resigns over domestic violence. And now people are saying, how long did they, did they know that this guy was a domestic violence abuser? How long did he know that? How long did Trump know that? Or the rest of Trump's inner circle know that they had this guy, Porter, Um uh, his two ex-wives came out and said, this guy is, a, is an abuser. Of course, like all abusers, he denies it. But after that, he ends up resigning. That tells you right there. And we don't know if Trump pushed him out or fired him or he just did it on his own. And uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, Trump's lackey, she's, she's all over the television saying that this is nothing. Basically, she's saying it's nothing. I mean, there has been so much turmoil around the Trump administration. Michael Flynn, Paul Manafort, George Papanopoulos, you name them. People have, uh, people have come and gone around him in suspicious ways. Uh, and all she ever does is say, well, hey, wow, that's no news as if it happens every day uh, in the White House and around the, uh, the globe. It doesn't. It doesn't. And my thinking is that the inner circle, um, Trump's inner circle in the White House, they all knew that this guy was a domestic violence abuser. Because himself has been... Uh, named in a lot of sexual a lot of sexual misconducts episodes he he himself so you, you know he knew you know he knew and you know they knew but they're gonna lie that they didn't know <laughs> and there's plenty of per- paperwork uh saying these things filed in the police uh, uh police reports there's plenty of paperwork i mean before you hire somebody you're gonna go into their background so you know that they knew that this guy was a was a uh, wife beater. You knew he was that. 
abuser. You knew he was that. And yet now he has a third girlfriend or wife, you know. So you never know what's going on there. But anyway, um, a lot of us look at it as a cover-up, another Trump cover-up. Folks, this is the worst, worst ever administration in the history of the United States. And it's just going downhill from there. Down here, uh, Trump's a big embarrassment. Let's play this one. I want to start yeah. uh, by getting your reaction to the president's uh, comments, calling African countries what he called them, asshole countries, saying that he would prefer immigrants from Norway, saying we have enough Haitians in the country. Well, what's your response? Disgraceful, disgusting. He just continues to hurt the prestige of the United States of America. Many people, from, folks from those countries, serve in our military today. They're wearing the cloth of our country, fighting for our nation. He's put our soldiers in harm around the globe. We have many folks deployed in very dangerous situations, including my son. You know, everybody in the military in very hot spot regions, they hear the president of the United States making these comments. It puts them in harm's way. It puts our diplomats around the globe in harm's way. He is the president of the United States of America. That comes with responsibility of moral leadership. You are the beacon of hope for so many countries around the globe. He embarrasses us. So, Childish, embarrassing. You're taught not to treat people that way, but to refer to all of these countries who we do trade with, we do a lot of business with. As I say, folks from those countries are wearing the cloth of our country, fighting for us. He's an embarrassment. So after the Charlottesville um, horror, which took place while you were governor, yeah. um, and the president said there were very fine people on both sides, including marching with Nazis, yeah. um, you criticized him for, quote, dividing people. But I wonder if you feel even stronger than that. Do you think President Trump is a racist? I certainly think he makes racist comments. In Charlottesville, he should have done the right thing. I talked to him in the afternoon, explained to him what had happened in Charlottesville. This, they, these were both sides. We had neo-Nazis wearing swastikas and T-shirts of Adolf Hitler. We had white supremacists saying the most vile things about African-Americans and members of the Jewish faith. It wasn't both sides. The other side was there to protest against hatred. Heather Heyer, 32 years old, lost her life in downtown Charlottesville, protesting against hatred. I lost two state troopers that day. This was not both sides, it was one side. And the president continuously gets it wrong. And he comes down on the wrong side of justice, on equality, and fairness, and he continually disparages individuals, he mocks people, he mocks individuals, disparages gold star mothers. He's got to understand this is a grown-up job, and he's got to start acting like it. On Friday, the president rejected a deal from the so-called Senate Gang of Six. Take a look at what he tweeted about the agreement. Quote, the so-called bipartisan DACA deal presented yesterday to myself and a group of Republican senators and congressmen was a big step backwards. Wall was not properly funded. Chain and lottery were made worse. And USA would be forced to take large numbers of people from high-crime countries, which are doing badly. I want a merit-based system of immigration and people who will help take our country to the next level. Now, there are roughly... 12,000 dreamers in your, in your home commonwealth of Virginia, uh, the recipients of this program, DACA. Should Democrats make the deal with the president, give him money for the border wall, make some changes to the immigration system in order to help the roughly, I think it's like 600,000 nationally and 14,000 in Virginia dreamers? First of all, Jake, we are there. This, first of all, this is the president's fault. You have vast agreement between the Democrats and the Republicans. If you put a bill up Tuesday, they would vote for it. It would overwhelmingly pass. 85% of Americans support it. 79% of Republicans in the United States of America support this. So the votes are there to do it. Put the bill up, sensible border protections, and protect uh, the DACA folks. 
you know, since this but came no in, larger changes to immigration, chain migration, or lottery. Not yeah, that it, would not be part of the deal that you're talking about. Yeah, and let's be very careful. These are all poll tested, you know, merit based. We want the best and brightest to come here. Chain migration. What does that mean? Well, it means you get to bring a spouse, a child, or a parent here. So, you know, they're doing their poll testing. We want fair immigration in this country. We want to protect, of course, our borders. We all want to do that. But a vast majority of Americans are for this. They want to see it get done. And this is the president. And the president wants it. He said to Dianne Feinstein in the meeting in the White House the other day. She asked for a clean bill. He said, yeah, I want it. Then Kevin McCarthy had to say, oh, no, Mr. President, you really don't know what you're talking about. That, 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 that. He wants it. He is being run by Stephen Miller. The pre- what does the president want? He wants a deal to announce, and he wants his approval ratings to go up. Well, when 90% of Americans support the program, you have a deal with Democrats and Republicans today. 34 Republicans in the House have signed a letter they'll support this. Let's just get it done, because we've already lost 15,000. We're losing 120 Dreamers a day. And if we don't do this on March 6th, it goes to 1,200 per day. Well, when you say li- losing them, they're not, they're not being deported from the Losing country. their work permits. Their work permits. But the process then begins. They lose their work permit. And here's the problem. If we delay this after this Friday, you know, USCIS, you know, it takes 60 to 90 days on these application process. And once you get to March 6th, then, as I say, you're losing 1,200 a day. You're looking at 35,000 dreamers per month. That could be over 100,000 by the time it actually takes. Stop the politics. Democrats want it. Republicans want it. Bring a bill up on Tuesday. Sensible border protections and protect the dreamers. The head of the Center for American Progress Action Fund, a progressive group, put out a memo saying, quote, the fight to protect dreamers is not only a moral imperative, it is also a critical component of the Democratic Party's future electoral success. In addition to being the former governor of Virginia, you're the former leader of the Democratic National Party. For Democrats, which is the bigger risk politically, just the politics of it, not doing everything they can to make a deal to protect the dreamers, including things they don't like, some changes to immigration, uh, border wall money, or... Uh, doing everything they can um, to make it a clean bill. Which, which imperative is more important? Do you, know, do you understand what I'm saying? First of all, the most important imperative is to protect these dreamers. Even if it means swallowing some things you don't like. Well, there's some things we can do on sensible border protection. Listen, I just finished four years as governor. We had a very successful record. I had to compromise on a lot of different issues. Our economy in Virginia is doing great today. But you don't get everything you want. But compromise, to me... Absolutely protect these dreamers. Now, if we got to do some sensible border protections in it, fine. But we need to do it. And you mentioned political. You mentioned the moral issue. But there's an economic issue here. If we don't protect these 800,000 dreamers, it will cost the U.S. economy $460 billion over the next decade. So if you're sitting home today, it's going to hurt our economy. We're doing something I would conceive as very immoral. Do the right thing. Congress start doing something. And the president wants it. He said he's wanted, so go ahead and do it. Forget Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller did not get elected president of the United States of America. Mr. Trump, if you're watching today, you know what the right thing is, and just do it. I want to ask you, in an interview with MSNBC this week, you were asked a question about how President Trump has these intimidation tactics, how he seemed to stand too close to Hillary Clinton during the debates. You were asked how you would respond <laughs> if you did that. Take a listen. Yes, sir. You'd have to pick him up off the floor. If he ever came over and leaned on me and got my space, that would be the last time Donald Trump ever did that. I promise you that. So that does sound that you're saying that if he came too close to you, you would use physical violence. Was the way Chris had set it up, got in your space, intimidated, Godzilla-like tactics leaning on top of you. I, I answered the question like I think most folks would actually answer the question. I didn't say punch. Maybe if I had to push him back gently and he fell down on his own right. But the, the point of this is... 
I'm sick and tired of Donald Trump attacking everybody, women, everybody, um, gold star families. He intimidates people, and people need to stand up and punch him back. Punch him back rhetorically. Enough is enough. He gets away with all of this foolishness. I just saw a story the other day. 2,000 statements that he has made since he's been president have been just out-and-out out lies. Are you gonna, enough is enough. Are you going to challenge him in 2020? What I'm going to do this year, 36 governors are going to take a big lead. I'm doing a big project on redistricting. Though That will be my focus on 18, and we'll see what happens after that. But could you imagine... You know, hypothetically, if that ever happened, you'd have to sell tickets to that debate. That would be, uh, <laughs> that would be enjoyable. Yeah. But you're, I'm focused on this. But you're focused on that, but you're thinking about a debate with President Trump. You well, just, I think, I think everybody <laughs> sits around dreams about a debate of President Trump and how much fun that could actually be. The truth, get the truth out there and let the facts speak for themselves. Okay. I'm not going to qualify this as you throwing your hat in the ring, but, but there's a hat there. Governor, um, <laughs> Governor McAuliffe, thank you so much. Thank I really you, appreciate you being here. I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. The President of the United States is, in a way not truly seen since Woodrow Wilson a century ago, an active, belligerent, virulent, white nationalist dedicated to rolling back the rights of and ruining the lives of Americans of color. And as this DACA non-decision decision pawned off on the evil Keebler elf of Southern apologists shows, he is also a coward demanding that others, in this case Congress, do the worst of his dirty work for him. Who could have believed that a creature whose campaign began two years ago with a vile, psychotic assault on Mexicans and Americans of Mexican descent actually meant it? Well, millions of us did. Millions of us saw right through him and prophesied this moment when the screws would be tightened alike on the technically guilty and the ultimately innocent. Among those who did not see, or who pretended not to see, the politicians, voters, analysts, reporters who as late as the weekend passed were still bleating about Trump's latest last chance to be presidential. And most importantly and disgustingly, the mainstream Republicans who rode Trump's evil coattails to victory and then figured the stain of his hatred would somehow wash off. The rest of these shameless opportunists who will be damned in history for what they were, enablers of the worst American president of all time and the worst elected leader in the history of all the Western democracies who set out to rapidly and thoroughly destroy the nation which had foolishly empowered him. And now it is up to those voters and those Republicans to atone for their sins that will damn them to hell, political or otherwise. They must defend 800,000 Americans who came here or in most cases were brought here as children, nearly half of them before their sixth birthday, about whom the Bible, these Republicans endlessly thump without seemingly ever opening, tells us in Ezekiel, the son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. These Trumpian enablers must act in defense of these Americans who are far more worthy of citizenship here than Trump or the other diseased minds who have scapegoated them, and most especially... They must act in memory of the one who has come to most symbolize them all, Alonzo Guillen. He was a disc jockey from Lufkin, Texas, here since he was a teenager, most recently under the protection of DACA. He was 31. He traveled more than 100 miles to Houston to volunteer in a boat to look for victims of Hurricane Harvey. He had disappeared into the night's water last Wednesday. His family kept vigil near Spring, Texas, and Sunday afternoon, 
Alonzo Guillen's body floated past them. He is dead, and at last word, the Trump administration would not let his mother into this country for the funeral. Alonzo Guillen died trying to save his fellow Americans in Houston while this filth Trump saw his chance to sell copies of the cap he wore in Houston for $40. You Republicans and you Trump supporters must now pass a veto-proof DACA bill. It became an Obama executive order only after it passed the House but was killed by the Republicans filibustering in the Senate. You Republicans and Trump supporters, especially those of you who are yourselves of color, must atone not merely because it is the right thing to do after this DACA debacle, after the Nazis and their torches in Charlottesville, after the wall, after the Arpaio pardon, after the increased militarization of the police, after the calumnies and degradations of the last two years, after Alonzo Guillen. You must atone not merely because the man you support is a pig, and you must now do what is right, but you must also do so in self-defense because you are next. Because the maw of racial hatred has proved, time and time again, in nation after nation, to be insatiable. And you conservative black pastors, and you right-wing Hispanic leaders who still support Trump and these racists today, you will find yourselves the victims of Trump and these racists tomorrow. The mothers kept from the funerals will be yours. The lawns on which the torches will burn will be yours. With DACA, the awful truth is fully and finally upon us. There are two kinds of Trump supporters today. There are the racists who hate Mexicans and all Hispanics and blacks and women who think the playing field has somehow been tilted against white men for half a century and who have sold this hateful bill of goods to those in this society who have failed and are looking for anybody to blame. And then there are those other Trump supporters who do not have these vile hatreds in their blackened souls, but who are still willing to exploit and embrace those who do. And they are worse than the racists, because to them this is an opportunity for power. And on the existential subject of right and wrong, they don't care. Well, the time has come where you have to care. The sides are being chosen now. On the one, there are the principles and the values that have led this nation from the peripheries of influence to the primary place upon the world stage and kept her here for a century. Immigration, assimilation, the sum of the parts, the melting pot, in theory if not in fact, and the striving, awkward, insufficient, often failing, often tragic, but still the striving towards equality and the strength and genius it creates in this greatest of all nations and the courage and the sacrifice of the true embodiment of this nation, a man like Alonzo Guillen. And on the other side, there is hatred and prejudice and racism and white grievance and scapegoating and blame and revenge and stupidity and shame and inhumanity and sheer unapologetic cruelty, and most of all, there is this scum Trump. Resist. Remove. Peace.